It's been a long time. Dude, it's been so long. You went to another world. I did. To the land of Bulgarnia. Bulgarnia. Yeah. How are things across the cupboard or whatever? The cupboard? You know, I was thinking Narnia. Because you oh, said yeah, Bulgarnia. Yeah. I don't think they went through the cupboard, though. They went... Okay, I, to be honest, this is going to expose some stuff. I'm not sure that I have a great understanding of what a cupboard is. Well, I'll tell you, they didn't go through a cupboard. They went through a wardrobe. Wardrobe, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. the name of you're the movie thinking, is The Lion, uh, the Witch, and the you're Wardrobe. You're thinking of the racially titled The Indian in the Cupboard. I've never heard of that. Oh, yeah? Okay, well, good. Can we you're, start over? No, nope, your generation <laughs> is is enough to awake enough to know that those are Native Americans. And we don't put them Why in Why are you blaming me for... I, I've never heard of this in my life. No, I'm, I'm making it positive. Your generation doesn't know about this because it was a racial title. Oh, okay. I'm saying, like, before it got to you, like, we can't say Indian in the cover because Indian is not the same as Native American, but, right. you know. No, if it was someone from India. No, it would have been it would have been okay to say that. Fun. But you shouldn't put them in a cupboard. Right, yeah. Because what's a cupboard, Drew? Just clarify it. A cupboard? <laughs> well, from my knowledge of Harry Potter... <laughs> Because Harry lived in a cupboard. Okay. Mm, in the book, at least. In the book, at least, okay. Yeah, so what's a cupboard? cupboard is like small room. Mm. A cupboard would actually be, and you can check the comments and leave them down in there, would actually be like, um, it would be a place that you would put like your cups and your dishes. Oh, like a your, cabinet? Like a cabinet, yeah. Yeah, so we started doing um, providing Christmas for the children of Bulgaria, 3,000 of them back in 2012, and we always do this side of it, and so um, we gather the gift, we get churches to sponsor it, we do all that, and we send it over there, and then we get out of the way and let the missionaries there handle it, but um, she was a, hard is a bad word to use, it's always a joy, it's wonderful. This year took more work to make it happen on this side, Mm -hmm. and kind of when you get done, with something like that and you've done it for long enough you're like you know what like i need to go see the payoff like it was mm-hmm. a selfish trip selfish trip it yeah. wasn't like like they don't need us to hand out the shoe boxes none of that stuff but we went there and we were able to to see that side of it document that side of it for those back home um and it was wonderful it was a joy we uh candace says i took a weekend trip to bulgaria because <laughs> that's pretty much yeah, what it was because yeah. i i tra- we traveled as long as we were there we traveled for 24 hours we were there for well we traveled a total of 48 hours and we were yeah. there for a total of like 52 hours yeah so so four hours yeah yeah worth it yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> that's yeah. how i do all my trips i go i have to be where i'm headed longer than longer it takes than i'm you get traveling mm. yeah i was in new york yeah you were while you were in new Bulgaria. york they play that song everywhere uh, yeah you well flew, you flew we into new york because you didn't drive because it's more than five hours right and when you landed it was like yeah, they just played it over the, over the speaker. Yeah. It's a, like that song, yeah. I could not hear it for a little while. It'd yeah. be okay. But it's kind of, I think it's the Sweet Home Alabama of New York. I think it is, yeah. <clears throat> Sing us in, brother. I'm singing. Here we go. go. Three, two, 
Welcome back still got to it. Continue Conversations. It's been a minute, and we still got, got it. it. We still got it. Where are we, Ben? Where, it's been a while. Ooh, I'm, I'm out of while. it. They thought we left. I get texts every oh, yeah. day. People tweeting me all the time. Tweet, tweeting at you? Yeah, they say, what happened to the podcast? I don't think tweet's a thing anymore. I think since, well, I think we're all Xing each other now. Well, yeah, other than the fact that Twitter doesn't exist. Right. They're tweeting me. Yeah. You know? And they're like, what's going on? What happened? I have no source of <laughs> entertainment. It's <laughs> good. Uh, so we have been in a series. I think we've done, have we done one pod since the series? I think we've done one pod since the series, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, we are in a series called In the Waiting. It's an Advent series. And we kind of put ourselves in that place of of Israel that was waiting for their coming Messiah um, for four weeks leading up to uh, Christmas and to the arrival of Jesus, but then also just looking at different areas of our life that we're waiting mm-hmm. and how can we wait faithfully in those seasons. And so uh, we were, one, we talked about waiting with expectations, expectantly waiting, week two, preparation in the waiting, and then last week, which was week three, we did revelation in the waiting, and now we are pushing up to Christmas Eve. Yeah. And we're kind of, um, we're kind of gonna, well, yeah, I don't think we're gonna call it Christmas Eve in the waiting. Um, we're gonna talk about that subject matter a little bit, but mainly we're gonna look at the subject that God never desired for us to have earthly kings and people mm. keep kept wanting earthly kings. And then when we got earthly kings, we needed saving from our earthly kings and so what does it mean for jesus who is the king of the kings who came to be the king of the jews the king of the world it's gonna be a good day so yeah 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 so excited so we've been in the waiting so this past so the two weeks we're gonna talk about let's say this so we didn't do a podcast last week because i was in bulgaria you were in in new york York. um and so we took texts from both weeks and we didn't have a ton of texts come in so instead of doing two separate podcasts we're gonna combine the two this is a this is our first ever collective uh, continued conversations combo. 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 Episode. Um, CCC. Yeah. And so um, the weeks we're talking about is, is preparation in the waiting. Um, and then um, this week was revelation in the waiting. So, you know, unless you had both of, if you came to both of those, you would see some things that seem to rub maybe, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, um, they don't. And we can talk about that. Yeah, I think we, have a, I think we have a question about that as yeah, well. So we're going to get into it. All so, right. So four questions, four questions. Okay. Let's get into it. Go. Number, number one, Number one, this is maybe the hardest hitting question we've ever had oh, in the history go. of this show. Okay. Show. This isn't a show. This is a show. Is it? It's in, a podcast. It's videoed. It's show. Okay. It's show. What is sardines? Now that question makes absolutely no sense to anyone who it. Did well, it not makes hear. it makes a lot of sense if you didn't hear. Because you're like, those are the little fish that you eat whole. Yeah, but that would be what are sardines. Mm. This is what is sardines. Mm. So, um, I'm gonna let you take it away. <laughs> so yeah, Sunday I just was talking about the game hide and seek, and how it was far better before the world tried to ruin it and start making everybody play sardines <laughs> instead. And that's all I said. And it's one of those kind of one-line jokes that 75% of the congregation gets. Yeah. And the other 25% is like, what? 
And we just found the other 25%. Yeah. What? Sardines. So what's the difference? So do I need to define? Yeah, go ahead. Spend some time. Might as well. Well, we'll talk about what it's not first. It's not hide it's and seek. It's not hide and seek. Hide and seek is when one person hides, everybody tries to find them. Last person to find them, or no, first person to find them wins. Right? It's all about the first person. Mm-hmm. It's not about who loses. Right. It's about winning. Uh-huh. Right? Sardines, somebody goes and hides. And if you find them, you join them. And it's not about who wins. It's, it's about, about who the loses, loses. And that's the last person to find them. And then you jump out and you say sardines. And why do you say sardines? Because it's gross. And yeah. the idea of playing a game that we make fun of just the person who loses is gross as well. <laughs> that's the difference in sardines and hide and seek. Neither of which are as fun as flashlight tag, in my opinion. But, you know. Drew just likes to say that because he thinks it makes him more like a 90s kid. No, that's real. I did that every night. I bet you did. You did it one night, and then no. your dad was like, here's laser guns, and you're like, awesome. No, no, dude. Yeah. Yeah. My neighborhood, we would. Yeah? Yeah. You yeah. don't even know. I All don't right, know. Let's continue. I don't know. I'm pretty so sure 90s. you're just talking about Sandlot 2. I have seen that movie. <laughs> exactly. I've only ever seen the first one. Yeah. All I needed. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Pretty sure they didn't say like one, two. Did, did they play the first one? I did. Whatever. I can't remember. Question two. In your messages, we've heard about being active in our waiting, mm -hmm. but today and at other times, we've also heard to be still and let God fight for us. Mm -hmm. How can we reconcile those two things and how can we do both? Yeah. Well, it's funny. That second one I am going to talk about, a little bit about today. Um, if, that, if that question about being still comes from this Sunday, we kind of missed it a little bit, because I did. I came to the Exodus 14 passage where the Israelites are coming out of Egypt. The Egyptian army is about to kill them. Moses looks at the people. And so the context of what is said here is important. It says, be still and God will fight for you. And that is biblical, um, being still in his presence, shelter under his wings, stuff like that is very important. But in this situation, it's only one verse. And then God literally goes, why are you crying out to me? <laughs> Tell the uh, Israelites to move forward. Um, and so... You just made a lot of people upset who have that tattoo. I've already, I've made them upset yeah. many times. I'll be, I mean, I'll be honest, it was my favorite verse for a long time. Yeah. I loved that idea. And then you read the next one. The problem is it's not an unbiblical context. Uh, it's just not fully for that moment. Right. Um, right. I, I'm not saying that... And, and Moses... That, and I would take that possibly as a word from God through Moses. Hey, be still and I'll fight for you. But also it could partially be that like they were nagging Moses. They were literally like, why'd you bring us here? Were there not enough graves for us in Egypt? Mm -hmm. Like we would have rather died as slaves in Egypt than to die or lived as slaves in Egypt than die as free people here in the desert. And then he's like, hey, like me and my kids would do this a lot whenever they're just talking, talking like, hey, let's play the quiet game in the car. Let's see who can win. <laughs> that's what I feel like, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that's what he was doing, but but I'm not saying it's not what he was you doing. You could empathize with that. Right, I could yeah. empathize with that for sure. But we see other places where, you know, he is the refuge for the weak. He, mm. you know, he does find rest in his wings. We also find after man was created, he rested on the first day of his breath um, in order to work the rest of the days. There is an importance in rest. And waiting is definitely has seasons of rest. But to think that we have to wait quietly, with um, 
no objective in mind but to wait for the results of God um, would be belittling the process of waiting. Um, waiting is is active in a lot of ways. Waiting is surrendering the results to God, but being obedient along the way, right? Um, I say it often that, you know, um, we're called to be obedient. God's called to do the outcome, right? Like we're not responsible for the outcome. We're responsible for the obedience. We're, yeah. You know, um, it, and I think that's, he didn't tell us to accomplish. He told us to abide, right? And abiding is still active, even though it's waiting and resting and being still. So there are moments of, you know what, but if God gives you something, you know, and so uh, one thing that I'm talking about this Sunday is to, I'm going to talk about being present with God and kind of present moments with God and how that's important because when we're not being present and waiting with God, when we're looking too far ahead or getting so caught up on what's behind us, we miss what's right in front of us. And we're just waiting for this promise to come to fruition, whatever promise it is we're waiting for, we can miss some of the things along the way. There is a beauty in that journey of waiting. And I think you can wait patiently, but also actively wait. I think you can wait patiently and still be expectant. Like, I think you can be reliant on God because you're going to get the results of what God produces, but at the same time, be reliant on God, which means like whatever he leads, whatever he says, that's what we do. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, question three. Are you ready? Trace. Trees? Yep. Okay. How do we know if our hearts have been hardened to the message of Jesus? Yeah, so we've been camped on this for a few weeks. I think people are struggling with it. Um, Going back to our series before this, we talked about John the Baptist, prepare the way, and how he was trying to get people to um, change their minds about the coming Messiah that they were missing him. And then in this way, we talked about the same thing. So this this week, Revelation and the waiting, um, we were looking at our key passage, but we had a secondary passage, which is when Jesus talks about um, wineskins. And um, the question is, are we a new wineskin, which has nothing to do with age or stage, but it has to do with condition, right? And new wineskins were made of goat leather and they were flexible. And so they would stay able to expand during the fermentation process, where if there was an old wineskin that wasn't clean, wasn't taken care of, the leather wasn't conditioned well, it would become hard and it was still a container to carry liquids, but it was not something that could expand. And so that means it would bust if there was any kind of expansion inside of it. And how God doesn't give new wine to old wineskins and he's not as much worried about the new wine as he says it'll break the wineskin he cares about all people and so the old wine they continue to carry and that old wine is still good today God is the same yesterday today and forever but he is wanting to pour out new revelation new attributes of who he is not new to him but new to our understanding of him because God doesn't change but our knowledge of him does deepen Um, and uh, but he won't give it to people who have hardened hearts right he just won't do it he won't do it because he doesn't want to break them Um, It also pours out the wine. And so how do I know if I have a hardened heart? Um, I would, I think the the easiest way is to ask yourself, is there anything that if God asked me to do it, I wouldn't do it? Mm. Right? Like, I mean, anything. I mean, you come up to an extreme. You're like, yeah, but God would never ask that. But what if he did? What if he did? Uh, what, What if God challenged your understanding of something? Would you be willing if it was of God and he knew it was of God 
to change your ways for his ways, even if you didn't agree or understand it. Right. And I had that conversation yesterday with a guy here. We were talking about um, something we did a podcast on that we're going to have to refilm actually, but about like (laughs) other people coming. Right. And I said, all I know uh, coming to Christ and dying and what happens if you don't hear the gospel. Right. And I ended with all I know is God's that judges justly, which is correctly, which is fairly, but it doesn't mean it's my understanding of fair nor my understanding of because I, I I do within my finite mind have an understanding of what would be fair, but I also have to submit to the idea that God's ways are higher than mine, and if that is not fair in comparison to God's justness, would I still align with God? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so, when God's ways are different than our ideas are we willing to accept his ways over our ideas? That would tell you if your heart is hardened. And I would ask some serious questions. I mean, yeah. I would ask a lot of questions, um, ones that I never would want to ask. Like, you know, if God took something from me, seemingly, someone close to me, like, would I be able to say your will be done and not mine? Like, like hard questions like that, right? That makes you yeah. wonder, like, am I, is my heart softened? And that's why we pray every week. God, open my mind. God, open our ears. God, soften our heart. Because that is probably where the church is failing today, is we're hearing and receiving um, revelation that's coming in one ear and going out the other because our hearts are hardened and we can't receive it. Yeah. Last question. Okay. Last one. You're going to have to do some... Content, you're gonna have to back this one okay. up a little bit. But on Sunday, you talked about um, two kinds of words, mm-hmm. Rama and Logos, mm-hmm. right? And so, this question is how do we discern Rama words in our life today? But I'm gonna let you, yeah, kind of break that one down. Yeah, for so, so I'm, gonna, I'm gonna overly simplify Logos words are written words of God, it is the Bible that you have. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, with God, the Word was God. We see this is Jesus, and this is, um, John is interesting because John, um, that's John, right? Yep, John 1. John 1. Yeah, right, I was getting confused for that. Whoa! Yeah, John's le- uh, writing of the Gospel is... Um, not to just the Jewish people, but to both Jews and Gentiles. And so he has the most interesting opening. We got two Gospels that open with the story of Jesus' birth. We got one Gospel that opens with the story of John the Baptist and skips to Jesus' baptism. And then we got John's Gospel that seemingly starts out in this strangely poetic way of like, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? And then later he describes that Word as taking on flesh. Later he describes that Word as the light of the world, and then that John the Baptist came to testify of the light. He was not the light, but he testified of the light. And so we see very clearly, not doesn't take long, that Jesus is the Word, but like what a weird way to put that. Right. But it's because the Gentiles and the Jews both had a different understanding of this word logos to the meaning of this word word a little bit, but both of them still came to a singular point that it was the mind and it was the um, ideas behind the body, right? And that Jesus, so when we see Jesus, now we can see the mind of God like in flesh. Mm. And so now that word that was in the beginning, the word that created the creation, the word that created all things, the mind and insight behind this being, celestial being, is fully in Jesus. And that word took on flesh. So now when we see Jesus, it can help us look back on the old testament, back on the old covenant, and see it differently because we see what the mind, the thoughts of God are in mm-hmm. flesh. 
That was a long definition. Yeah. Logos. So then we get the written word of God, which is the Logos word, which was written to specific people at specific times, specific places. There's 7,000 promises in the Logos word that are potentially ours, but they're not practically ours because the promise that Peter would walk on water was not a promise that you would walk on water, right? Um, but there are promises that are Logos promises that can become our promises, but that's only through another word that translates the phrase word, and that is the word rhema. And a rhema word is an individual word given to an individual by God. And so when we have a Logos word, scripture, it should be tested and read through the lens of Jesus. When we have a rhema word, which would be an independently given word to us through the activation of the Holy Spirit, either through a prompting or someone, or through the Logos word, but it is specific for you, and God is calling you to something, um, that word should be tested through the written word. Does it come in contradiction to the attributes and the ways of God? And if it doesn't, then it should be received. And when Mary, when the angel comes to Mary and says, you know, uh, you know you're going to give birth or whatever, she says, no word from God ever fails. And she used the word rhema. Mm -hmm. Like no personal word from God will ever fail. And so that's the truth for all these promises we're waiting for. If it's a word from God to you, then it will not fail. Um, if it fails, you've either misunderstood that, that and that's not the end of it, or it was not a word given to you from God because God's word never fails. And so how do I know if it's a rhema word for me? Um, the first thing I would do is I would try to decide whose voice was it speaking to me. One of the easiest ways to talk about this is um, who gets the glory from the word that was given to me. If it is simply something that I will be glorified for, I would question if it's a word from God, because God does work for the good of those who love him, but for the advancement of the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. So if the kingdom's getting the glory, good chance it's a word. But then I would always test it through the Logos word. Does it come in contradiction to the attributes of God? Um, and if it does, if it goes against things in Scripture, then it's probably not a word from God. Um, and then I would also look for good uh, friends that I could share my Logos, I mean, my rhema words with. Hey, I really feel like God spoke this over me. And you'll have a lot of people that will affirm those words in you. Like, yeah, I've seen that for years. I could totally see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, there, there's ways. I think, you know, Jesus says in John 10 that, you know, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. So I, I think I think learning to know his voice is important in understanding a rhema word in your life. And also don't throw out the Logos word to not having rhema words. Most rhema words, most words God has given to me is when he's taken the Logos word and the Holy Spirit has activated a section of it that God's like, that's for you. Mm -hmm. That is for your church. That is for you in this season. And God speaks often through his written word, if not always through his written word. Um, but we don't need to take his written word out of context Unless it's been given as a Logos, a Rhema word to us, we need to read it as a Logos word um, until that day, and we can still learn so much from that. Yeah. That was a lot. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I gave you a lot about Rhema lot. And, and Logos. Leave it in the comments. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, y'all are going to be like, what just happened? <laughs> I'm going to have some Bible nerds eating me up because I didn't explain it well in five minutes, but I did my best. You did good, though. I did I my think. best. I think you did good. I did my best. So... Sunday is Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. Come ready to get wax on your hands, baby. Yeah. Nine, ten forty-five, four. We're here. We're here. We're here and we're ready. It's gonna be good. Yeah. One hour services. Um, which means the quickest message you've ever heard from me. Uh it's just gonna be one good story and four quick points. And uh uh we're gonna have a children's moment. We're gonna have uh 
Christmas songs. We're going to have communion together. It's going to be a really, really, really good time. And then um, the next week is New Year's Eve, which will be a standalone message. And then the next week will be the first Sunday in January, which will be our Vision Sunday, which is exciting. Yeah. And then we'll hop into a new series. New book of the Bible, too. Ooh. Talk about that when we get there. It'll be fun. Take your guesses in the comments. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Awesome. All right. Good stuff. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Laters. Still on a train break. What note is that? I think I read somewhere that most car horns are E flat. Hmm. Interesting. But that could be wrong. I don't know. Hmm. That's interesting. I feel like different manufacturers would have different horn manufacturers. Yeah. And I feel like they just do it whatever they, would they do want. Different. Yeah. Like, I also just don't feel like there's an audio engineer over there going, tune that one up a little bit. <laughs> like I feel like there's like. Ah, horn. That's not 440. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, don't, I, I mean, I could be wrong. But I want you to know that, if that would be hilarious. I want you to know if that is a job. I want, I want that job. I found it when I was flying back on a plane. I sit next to a passenger and I said, What do you do for a living? And they said, I design how the beer goes into the, the, the coolers at gas stations. And I thought this was like, you know, you know, like at um, Christmas, you'll go into Walmart, like all the Cokes are made like a, like a Christmas tree or something. Uh-huh. I thought I meant something like that. I was yeah. like, show me a, like an example. And the example is literally the cooler and just how the beer is in the glass cooler. And I'm like, I, this is a full-time job. That's a real job. That's your full-time job to be like, yep. And you draw it out on paper. And he's like, yeah, I work remote mainly. And I was like, I want your job. Yeah. To me, it had no design part to it. At best, it's like, this is Tetris. This is what we got to fit in here. Let's make it fit. Yeah, And I'm I also feel like, like I could use AI to figure <laughs> that out for me. I'm telling you, I think tomorrow, listen, any anybody, any beer company, call me. I will design your coolers for you. I will give you 12 months of designs within the first week as long yeah. as you pay me a full-time salary for the year.